Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Okay. Um, I think that it's important that we talk about, like, right away, kind of something that Rachel's is going through that I watch happening real time that a lot of people are going through. Uh, we had football fun day yesterday bunch of people over we watched both games Rachel and Brian were there during this time Rachel got some unfortunate news uh that a co-worker of hers um the friend of hers had passed away I'm sure you guys have all heard the news by now uh and you know what I don't want to take up too much space here um as we do this podcast Rachel is just coming back from grief counseling uh why don't you tell people what's going on and how you're feeling right now I know it's hard for you yeah, so um, I I got the news that Chesley had passed away, and then shortly thereafter, the details started to come in. Um, and I I mean I I haven't been settled since I've I've found out about it, and I don't want to make it about me. I think it's there's just so much I want to talk about Chesley because she was such a remarkable person, and at thirty had accomplished so much and there are so many ways that I looked up to her and one of them being is that if you met people who knew Chesley they would say which now I feel like is is something to pay attention to and this might help somebody else but people would always say Chesley never has a bad day Chesley always seems upbeat always positive always happy and she was she was infectious her reputation preceded her she impacted Whoever she came in contact with, the first thing people would say about her is how nice and warm-hearted she was. She was such a kind soul. So true. In a lot of ways, I envied her because I'm not that positive person. I don't always look at things and see the good. I I, I normally go towards the negative and I would admire that about her. And I would really, and like, I would joke with her about that. I was like, I'm the antithesis of you. She was fabulous from the head to the toe when she would walk into a room and I would be like, yeah, I'm like so rough around the edges. And we would joke about that. But what I love as as people are pouring these tributes out about her, what I love so much is that she was humble with everything that she had going on and she was supportive. She was always checking on other people. And then it's like, when you hear of a tragedy like this and it's two folds because one, you lose someone, but then in the way you lose them, is just even more, it's just even harder to swallow. Cause I'm a person who's always trying to seek logic and understanding and things. And this isn't just one of those, this isn't one of those things where I'm going to get that answer. Um, but I, you, you often hear people say, you know, check on the strong people. Someone said something else too, and I really think this applies to Chesley. It's don't just tech, check on those who are strong. Check on those who are always smiling. Like it, nobody has a good day every single day. People go through it, and she was always so willing to check on you. And it makes you, in hindsight, say, did you give that same? Did you do that same thing for her, or did you just assume she was okay because she always presents that way? I know that she was working on so many things. She had just moved. Uh, she was working on a book which is something we talked about. She just started a YouTube series. She just had so many projects that were coming. She already had achieved so much, but she was on the cusp of just like 
just going beyond that. Like the sky was the limit for her. And my heart just goes out to her family, to her friends, to the New York team who worked with her closely every single day, to the LA family. I, I went back and forth, so I had a, a different opportunity to get to know her on another level. But I just want to, you know, like my thoughts and prayers go out to every single person who had the pleasure of getting to know her, but is saddened by this news because it is just devastating. And I will always remember Chesley for her light, her joy, her willingness to see the good in everything. And as crazy as this world is, she could always find the bright spot. She was the bright spot. And um, I just wanna say, it's just a reminder to check on people, love on people because you truly never know what demons they're fighting behind uh, yeah. closed doors. She was also, well, we first came to know her um, because she was Miss USA 2019 um, in a year where there was uh, a lot of black women that won beauty pageants. And I remember seeing all of them and being so proud. So if I did not know her, uh, but just the, the litany of people that are in my same radius who did and to see the outpouring was a, uh, was really something else. Um, you, you know, she had been open about her uh, her struggles with 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 mental health and some of the anxiety that she had faced and some stuff like that in, in the past. And I sometimes wonder if if we've reached the level of seriousness that we need to be at when people share stuff. You know, and I don't know how to do it, but um, and I'm not speaking specifically about her. I'm just. Everybody's got so much on them right now. You know, like I still. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Rachel. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was like, to... I still don't have the shells to my shotgun like in my house. You know, because mm -hmm. I haven't felt comfortable enough to go and get the shells of the shotgun back that Coley told me to give to my friend. Mm -hmm. um, because one day I'm looking at the shotgun and I'm like, yo, I, I, I actually had an, a thought about pulling the trigger, the sound, what would happen and all of that. And the only thing that stopped me is the image of Kalika discovering me. That's the, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and it was like, uh, and it's, it's weird. And to see you, get that news like to see it on your face as it happened was just as soon as i saw the react i knew something terrible had happened and it was just i i didn't no one knew what to do and still don't you know you know you know it's it's something that you said at the beginning that it's like she was very open and honest about mental health. And I think as a society, we've come to a place where we at least recognize it and we talk about it. But when I listened to her talk about mental health and how she coped with it, when I read what she wrote about it, it seemed she had a grip on it, which I think is like one of the hardest things to accept because it seemed like it wasn't that you were ignoring that she struggled with things. It was that, wow, she seems to really be in a place where she knows she can recognize if things go wrong. She has outlets of 
of who to, to talk to or to make herself, you know, like de-stress or deal with anxiety. And then we're, we're, we're here where we are today. And, she, and, and she didn't. And it's like, you're just left with what took her to this point. What was her breaking point? And so I, when you talk about like, what do we do? It's, it's so it's, it's tough because sometimes people aren't honest with you about what it is they're going through, or they appear to have a grip on it. And you think, oh, at least because they're recognizing their mental health, they're okay. I know I'm guilty of that. I'm like, okay, well, at least they know they, they have what their outlets to make things better. But then when you're struggling with that, or when you've had a history of you know, suicidal thoughts or whatever it may be. I don't, I, what I'm learning is I don't think that ever leaves you ever. And so, you know, when people are like, and I even said it, reach out to the ones who are smiling, reach out to the strong ones. You almost just have to like force yourself on those people because it it's so much deeper than that. You know, like you can reach out and they can tell you're okay, but like, you really, and people say, pay attention to the warning signs. There weren't any with Chesley. There weren't. You can ask anybody who was close to her. There weren't any. So I how, don't know. How, Just, let me ask you. It's not, I know that it's not about you, but I see you right now. But how are you doing? I, I'm not okay because I just... It's just so unsettling and I just, and I don't mean to be morbid about it, but like, I just, cause I said earlier, it's twofold. So I like, just keep thinking about like her final moments and how desperate and tormented she must've been, and how devastated she must've felt and how alone. And I just, I can't get that out of my head. And I just wish, you know, there was something I could have done or someone else could have done or, you know, like, did we miss anything? And I think that's like my, I'm just so in pain of thinking about her final moments that led her to, to her tragic death. I mean, that it's, someone said this to me and it's so true. Her personal life was very private and quiet. The way she went out was loud and public. And I just keep thinking like, what made her go through that, like what made her go there and do that? And like, just, I just, I never, I never knew. I just, I didn't know that she was struggling in that way. And I just, I can't, I can't get over it. I can't, I didn't even, I didn't even sleep last night. I'm just so unsettled. And I just keep thinking if I feel this way for somebody who really just got to know her well in the last six months, I cannot imagine her mother. That was her best friend. I can't imagine her brothers and sisters as her sister. I can't imagine her stepfather. I just can't imagine what her family is going through and they just don't have the answers and they just want to understand why it's so, it's just so heartbreaking because she was everything. She was everything. And, and she was like, she could have done anything she wanted to do anything. Okay. Um, we're going to leave it right there and come back on the other side of a break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app. 
just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right. Um, check it in, Rachel. You're still doing okay? You're okay? I, this, the podcast is a great distraction. Okay, later on, guys, we're actually going to have Mac G on the podcast. Mac G, if you guys remember, is the South African um, podcaster, Mac G's podcast and chill, that got into the back and forth on, I guess, social media. I guess there was no back and forth on the podcast, but I guess it was on no. social media yeah. that Ari Lennox said she felt dis- disgusted and embarrassed by the question that Mac G asked uh, Ari Lennox on podcast and chill. Mac G is actually going to be on the podcast on higher learning in a little bit to kind of talk about that. And we'll see how he feels about Ari Lennox in the interview now that he's had some time between what happened um, and <laughs> now that he's had some time to think about it, how he feels about the entire deal. Okay, big sports news happened. Despite the games that went on yesterday that were fantastic in the NFL, it's the end of an era, Rach. Oh. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady retiring. He's done. Not a fact. Not, not a, a fact. fact. That's what you say. What do you say? You can't, you can't listen. It's Tom Brady. We have yet to hear from him. Everybody else is out here speaking for Tom Brady. Tom Brady has not said a word. Matter of fact, the company or whatever that tweeted. Rach, I got to do something. I'm sorry. Leave this oh, in. I'm like. Leave this in. Leave this in. What happened? I can't believe I did that. What happened? How in the fuck are we, am I, are we as higher learning? Going to come back from our first break and go into Tom Brady when news broke just this morning that is much, much bigger than anything Tom Brady can do in his entire life. Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls Mm -hmm. and not one of those championships is as important as a picture, a series of pictures that were taken in Harlem, in New York this morning. One of those pictures is of Robin Fenty. And she has <laughs> El Bumpo El Babio. I am so sorry, Tom Brady. We're going to talk about your retirement. Before we talk about you going away, we're talking about what's coming in to the world mm-hmm. in a yeah. little while. And that yeah. could most possibly be the most beautiful child that's ever existed, mm. courtesy of ASAP Rocky. And Robin Rihanna Fenty. I am so sorry. I got smacked myself. Rachel, I was, I, you are, you are so prepared to constantly professional. You were ready to go. 
You're well, ready to have. I, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy. I'm happy you stopped because that is absolutely what we should be talking about. This is a beautiful thing to celebrate. I had no idea. We're so caught up in getting pictures of them as a couple that it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. They were bringing life into this world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so, I thought it was a joke. I don't know what I thought. When I saw it, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, what? But oh, she looks stunning. Beautiful. They look great. so happy. Yeah. I can't wait. She looks like she's very far along as well. She's got a bump. It's a bump. Yeah. I don't know if they've announced a, a due date or, or anything, but I love that she kept it under wraps. I love that they've been able to celebrate this probably with their family, their close friends, and with each other before they let the world in on it. Because that's a whole right. other thing when you decide to open it up to the public. So yeah. I am so thrilled for Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. I The most... Shout out to Rihanna. The shout out to ASAP Rocky. So two things happened when I first got this okay. news, when I first saw this. The first thing okay. I, I saw was, God damn. Man, she didn't let that hall of nigga ruin the dream. Stop. You know what I mean? It's not for me, you know, but every but everybody out there had the dream. That was the dream, really. We talked about we talk about Dr. what Dr. King wanted. That's a dub. We know that ain't never happening. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The Rihanna thing was never happening either, but it was going to happen for someone. See, we would never get the justice that Dr. King wanted, but eventually somebody was going to get to be Rihanna, get get to be the baby daddy of Rihanna. That was going to happen. One of those things was going to happen. Dr. King's thing, yeah, these motherfuckers crazy. That's How, do How do we get here? How do we, we get here? We got here because I'm talking about the big picture. And in the okay. big picture, there are very few things that seem unattainable that people are actually going to attain. <laughs> okay. okay. You know what I mean? In the big picture, we talk about things that are unattainable. Like I watched the Star Wars yesterday because after you left, me and the Midnight Boys That's stayed. what you did? That's what you we did? Watched, yeah, we watched old Star I'll Wars. I'll never clips. be a part of the cool kids with, with that group. I will never. That's what we did. That's what we do. I will never. We watched Star Wars clips and we, it was so funny as Kalika watched with horror. I should have taken, taken Kalika with me. As we watched the clips and then said the lines as the guys were saying them. Like, I will stop you. You will Let try. Me check and on then her. we uh, yeah, I'm gonna check on her. It's very true. So I watched Star Wars, and part of the thing about Star Wars is you're watching it and you're like, these are things that it's not gonna happen. Like us traveling at light speed, probably not gonna happen. Lightsaber, probably not gonna happen. Can't arc a laser, don't have the technology yet, might not happen. The Rihanna thing was something that seemed unattainable, but it was going to happen. And I'm so happy that it has. Even though for the rest of everyone else, it's something to mark off the bucket list. You're never going to get lucky enough to meet Rihanna. You're not going to be that guy. But she looked so happy. Beautiful. They looked so good together. And she just she just looks like she got it feels like she got her storybook ending. And now Harlem got a one-up on the rest of New York. Shout out to not just ASAP Rocky. Shout out to Jim Jones. Shout out to Cameron. You know what I mean? Shout out to Dame Dash. Shout out to Big. Shout out to everybody from Harlem. Harlem, you did it. Harlem, you did it. You did it, Harlem. You look around. You think about all... your mind go here? No, no, no. Think about Harlem. You let... Rachel. No. you You let this dude would have been from Baton Rouge. You let this guy would have been from Baton Rouge. We would have put that on the sign that you see when you're driving into Baton Rouge. <laughs> Welcome to Baton Rouge. 
home <laughs> of the nigga that's Rihanna's baby daddy. We would have definitely you. I'm not bullshitting you. Let me ask you this: When ASAP Rocky got with Rihanna, did you see their relationship going here? Yes. Or did, really? Because Rihanna seems like, and I don't have any inside information, but she seems like she's at a very pivotal time in her life where she's ready to accept happiness. Mm-hmm. She's ready to make the like. I'm, I'm not speaking. There are certain points where your life hits like a crossroads. She's accomplished sure. so much. Yeah. She's accomplished so much. And you get to a certain point in your life where you you just look around and you go, huh, I'm ready to be happy. And the only thing that you can hope is that when you get to that point, that there's someone and a, some people, a lot of people around you that you've built your life in a way that now you can actually put those things together and actually be happy. And she I has. I don't know why, but I never thought baby with them. It's not that I didn't think it could happen. It was just like I appreciated so much seeing them together and how much in sync they seem to be and so how happy. And, of course, I'm, I'm developing this all from pictures and videos. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it never crossed my mind. And then when it happened, I was like, well, of course. I mean, he gushed over her last year uh-huh. in a GQ article. Talk, they both talked about the happiest they've ever been. So uh-huh. quite naturally, it just seems like they would want to continue to grow their love. So I, I'm just thrilled for them. I mean, the, it's just, I love the quiet, subtle way they did it. They just post these and pictures the just second, came out. The, se- the second thing I thought was, I'm glad that nobody stole their moment. I'm glad Same. that this didn't pop out on a TMZ or a page six or any of those places. She's Rihanna's doing the same thing she's always done, which is control the narrative of her life. But can we applaud her team? It's not just Rihanna. Whoever she has around her is like, it's like sealed tightly. It, I feel like anybody else that would have that information would have gotten out. We would have heard a rumor. Rumor yeah. is Rihanna's pregnant. Rumor is we knew nothing, not an inkling of it. So whoever she has surrounded herself with, that is the dream team. Don't like, don't ever break that circle of trust because with anybody yeah. else, we would have not. We would already had some type of speculation. And by the way, that's a million dollar secret. I'm gonna tell you right now. Oh come on, TMZ. Come I, on. I, t- I, how I, much I, is I, it worth? How much does it cost? If I, like I'm gonna be honest with you, if you had the knowledge, and tell you if you had the knowledge and the picture, if you could get the picture, not just the actual knowledge. If you if you had the knowledge and you had the picture, you could sell the picture for a million dollars. What if it was just the knowledge? Well, the knowledge just leads to a tip. The tip just leads to the story. That's one thing. The picture itself, if you could get that picture, snap that picture. I could make an argument with what I know that you could sell that for a million dollars. Now, you might not get it. it, Like, if you sell it to TMZ, it might not be a million dollars. But if you were to get it, it's definitely worth a million dollars. And I think you could get a half a million from an organization like TMZ. If you owned it and sold it everywhere and you licensed it, you're going to make more than that. But that is a million dollar photo. And nobody in her crew, nobody in her crew betrayed her. Y'all, all you niggas out there talking about how solid your crew is, all they doing is calling TMZ on some tip shit. That's a million dollar photo, a million dollar secret, and they kept it real with her. She's doing something right. I'm telling you. And let me tell you what else you just said without saying it. TMZ is falling off. That's what you just said. 
Back in the day, TMZ would have had that information. They would have had some speculation. You just said, Van Lathan, that TMZ has fallen off and it is not what it used to be. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I look, y'all. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. But they probably wouldn't have got the real. But <laughs> more than anything, happy for Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. Now we can talk about yeah. the fact that uh, Tom Brady is retiring. from Rumored. The- Rumor. Now, see, 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 that's a rumor. That's yeah. a speculation, right? Rihanna it's herself happening. should had pictures with her baby bump with ASAP Rocky, the father of, of, um, of her baby. Uh-huh. That was there. Evidence. Uh-huh. Proof. We don't have that with Tom Brady. Yeah. All we have are people reporting who are close to him, who are in his camp. You don't have the same circle of trust Rihanna has that are saying that he is retiring. Even his company tweeted it out and retracted it. Pulled it back. Yeah. So we don't know. I mean, I feel like the way Tom Brady works, maybe he was considering that and he saw the attention and he was like, you know what? Change my mind. Oops, my bad. Not going to do it. I think he wanted to, I think he is retiring um, or at least had made up his mind to retire. Who knows what he's going to do now, right? I think he was retiring. He had made up his mind to retire, but I think that he wanted to wait till after the Super Bowl to announce that. And they were putting together this crazy retirement video or whatever, whatever. And because he doesn't have 24 karat gold crew that Rihanna has, right? it got out. Um, but the question is, now that it's been out and he sees what's going on and his thunder was stolen to a degree, might that push him to play another year? Because think about it. My man Cass pointed out, shout out to Cass. And um if you uh if you if you're out there, please listen to to, to say less with Cass uh and Low. But if you're Tom Brady, don't you want the retirement tour like Kobe got? Don't you want the retirement tour like Derek Jeter got? When you announce it before the season, this is my last season, you can go to stop, to stop, to stop, and get sucked off by every single NFL franchise. And like they do all this discussion, oh, it's Tom Brady, whatever, whatever, and do the whole thing. Oh, maybe the last time you play the Patriots or whatever like that. Because if he announces his retirement, the NFL certainly schedules a game between Tampa Bay and the Patriots, and then you get that last thing. Him and Bill Belichick acting like they cool when they fucking hate each other and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And he's not getting any of that. So you wonder if maybe he wants his retirement tour, especially now that the bloom is off the rose about him announcing his reti- his, 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 his him stepping away, you know? Maybe. Maybe so, but I just have a hard time. First of all, it's, it's, we're so quick in the media, not us, because Van and I don't do that, but like the media in general is so quick to break news that they don't think about respecting the person, their feelings, the way they want to go about it. Obviously, Tom Brady wanted to be the first person to announce it. Like, it's, it's horrifying to me when I see, you know, like, well, sources are telling me just because you want your name attached to the story. And if it comes out, everybody's got a reference that you were the first to say it. Like that's the business. And I hate that for him. If he really is retiring, I hate that that was stolen away from him. Oh yeah. Well, we, we disagree. Cause if I get that information, I'm putting that shit out. Come on TMZ, show your true like, colors. Like, I know like, you worked there like, for multiple times, multiple years. I, I know how you a, roll. Here's the deal. I don't give a fuck about Tom Brady. You let me figure out that you let and me hear, you let me hear, from Tom Brady that, that I'm putting it out. Van Bomb 
is coming out. We know that. Ben, you know what I'm we saying? know that about you. You know we what I'm know. saying? Hey, but, you know, I've left that life behind, but the reality is if I get something not. like that on a I could have another conversation about why I don't give a fuck about Tom Brady. I'm letting pe- I'm letting the Tom Brady fans live right now. I could talk Fine. about why I don't give a fuck about him. Fine. Like, another I could, conversation. I could let them live. Different conversation. No, I don't even want to I don't even want to be that guy that brings up that shit. I don't even want to be that guy, but I could tell you another reason why I don't give a fuck about him. But but not I'm if I get that. I'm more so speaking in a general sense. But um if I'm Tom Brady and I'm seeing a Joe Burrow and what he did, and I'm seeing looking at Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. and I'm even looking at Patrick Mahomes, and I'm looking even Dak Prescott, I'll put it out there. I'm looking at these young quarterbacks. I'm looking at the way the game is going, the league is going, the system is going. I just to me, that's why I would want to step away. Forget having a farewell tour. You're Tom Brady. You've done all these magnificent things in the league. It's not necessary. You're not going to gain anything extra by having a farewell tour. I really do think this is it for him. I just think it's unfortunate that it was stolen away from him being able to control the narrative surrounding it, and people did it for him. Mm. Um, for clickbait. A couple of more entertainment things to go to. I just want to ask you something real quick. Did you watch the Janet Jackson documentary? I didn't because I got insight to what was going down and it sounds like I can wait. Okay. We Did you watch the whole it. thing? I watched the second part. Yeah, I watched the first oh, part. So I watched you the second part. What are you talking about? I wait, watched the first go, part. I watched the second I watched the... part. I heard well, you just first say I, I watched I, the second part. No, I know, but I had already watched the first part and I hadn't oh, watched okay. the second part and then I figured I watched the second part. All right. I heard, quote, I learned, on one hand, I can count the things, the new things that I learned. So it sounded to me like I could wait. You can wait. Love her to death. She's love her to death. Mid to me. Great celebration of Janet. And we need no reasons to celebrate Janet Jackson. No reasons. We should be celebrating her all the time. But as far as that documentary, nah. She, she tried to rehabilitate Justin Timberlake. That's, no! That damage is... Okay, she well, that's that a she, surprise. Well, she said that we should let Justin, we, we should let Justin live. I, I look... If we all decided together, if there was like an email chain and we decided to let Justin live, because I like Justin's music. I fuck with Justin because I just think Justin Timberlake is the epitome of the tragic white boy. <laughs> he is. Look, I, I, Justin, Justin Timberlake is the epitome of the tragic white boy. He is. It's his very whiteness that is offensive. There's really nothing about Justin Timberlake that in and of itself is in any way evil or bad. It's his very whiteness that is offensive. And he was able to overcome it for years until we really learned that at its core, and you saw little hints of it, right? Like when Punk came to his shit and they (laughs) took his truck and this nigga cried. You're like, say, dog, why would you cry? He was so distraught. Yeah, I'm like, why would you cry? Like, you're, that's the kind of thing, because, you know, he's dancing and he's singing like a nigga. And you're thinking to yourself, hey, this guy is kind of like, we're on the same wavelength. But, like, if we got a million dollars, think about it. If they come try to tow Gucci Man car, Gucci going to eat cereal while they tow the car and throw money at the tow truck dollar. I'm just going to get my shit back. I'm just going to get my shit back. I'm just gonna get my shit back. I'm just gonna get my shit back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when 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 Jada kiss, I'll give you an example. You guys go back and watch Punked. 
Remember when Jadakiss, when they punked Jadakiss, and they they made Jada Jadakiss was in the car, and the woman was acting like Jadakiss was causing an accident. Look how Jada reacted. <laughs> Jada was like, "What the fuck you want me to do? I can't do nothing." Justin cried. <laughs> and, 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 so, and so and so you know Justin cried and so we looked at ah, but he's you know what and then when it was time for Justin to show how down he was he used his superpower which is his whiteness that's hard to get over man I don't have really no ill will for Justin like in a real aggressive way but it's it's just hard when someone turns to being white and when the chips are uh, 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 stacked up against him. And so, you know, yeah, you're right. you know, but uh, I think he can sing now. I like his music. Listen, I, that I was strawberry an NSYNC fan. <laughs> I was an NSYNC. I go way back. I get it. I love, I like Justin Timberlake a lot, but yeah. I, that's shocking to me. That actually, you saying that she tried to rehabilitate him makes me want to watch it. Cause I'm like, well, well she what? just what? said, uh, she just said, uh, we should like stop fucking over him. Is he in the documentary? No. They there I was one I part. That rumor. There was one part where I guess they told her that Justin wanted her to come out and do uh, the Super Bowl. That he had he was he was asking her to come do the Super Bowl when he did it. Now let me tell you something. This is my thing. See if Janet had done that, we probably people would have probably got over the Justin Timberlake thing. I don't know if she really wants people to get over it because had she showed up <laughs> with them in the Super Bowl, first of all, the performance itself would have been much much better, and secondly. Uh, people might have been able to get past it, right? Because it would have been a full circle sure. moment. Sure. But she didn't do it, so we ain't going to do it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Very true. That's the same true. time, you know, whatever. Did you watch uh, We Need to Talk About Cosby? Did you see that? No. Going to rip your soul apart. Well, here's how I feel about that. I don't want to talk about Cosby. Yeah. And that's where I am. Don't want to talk about him. You know what he was to me growing up. You know what he is to me now. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Why do yeah. we have to keep rehashing it? We know what a monster he was. I don't want to see it in depth and detail. Nah, you I don't. Watch it. No, I don't. You have to I watch saw it. the billboard. I was coming down Fountain, turning south on La Cienega. There is a billboard right there at Hollywood. Is that Hollywood? You know, I don't be knowing my streets yet. You know what I'm saying? There's a right when you're coming out of La Cienega towards Santa Monica from Sunset. There is a billboard for it, and I saw it. And Cosby's head is the O, and he's got the colorful sweater on, the coochie sweater, colorful. And I just thought, I don't want to know about Cosby. I don't. I don't. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what one reason why. First of all, it was very hard to yourself. It was hard to watch because they showed the one clip from the Cosby Show where which one? Which one? They're all singing for the grandparents. Oh, the Ray Charles song. The you Ray know Charles the song. Nighttime, night and day. Yo, like I felt like watching that scene, which is such a perfect expression of black love, art, and heritage. Watching that scene in We Have to Talk About Cosby felt like a fucking funeral. It felt like I had lost something because I'm looking at it and I'm like, fuck, man. Like it, I'm look, I'm like, I'm looking at it like the whole time. But I, let me tell you why you should watch it. There's a narrative that goes on in some of these corners of Twitter uh that we don't really talk about that uh Bill Cosby didn't hurt black women. The voices that you hear talking about listen, people say that. 
I know how crazy it is, but the voices that you hear talking in this documentary to a large point, point to a large degree, should I say, are of the young black women that were groomed and manipulated by Bill Cosby um, and taken advantage of and raped by Bill Cosby. And you're seeing that Bill Cosby, there was a pathology there. There was a type there. There was a way he threw his weight around there. And that also possibly there were other people working in and around the Cosby show that were very aware of his behavior. Of course. You think that yeah. man got away with all of that for that long without help? Please. I know this. This is why I don't need to talk about Cosby. But I just, I think it's important. I think it's important to watch it. I think it's important to watch it just because I think that I had reconciled my relationship with Bill Cosby and the fact that uh, everything I thought about him or a large portion of what I thought about him was a lie. But I don't think I had yet done that with Cliff Hustle, and I think you have to do it. Let me tell you something, and this can be controversial as it is. When people talk about representation and talk about seeing themselves on television, I saw myself in the Cosby, in the Huxtables, I should say. Cosby show, the Huxtables. I saw myself as one of the kids. I saw the lawyer dynamic. My dad was not a doctor, but I saw that. I wanted to be them. I understood the trials and tribulations that the Huxtables went through. I, and, and to me, I feel like I can separate what the show from the person. The people who were involved on that show from the person, even outside of Bill Cosby. So you're not, I don't want to watch that and take that away from me. Do I sit and watch Cosby reruns? No, but it meant so much to me that I feel like it's not wrong of me to still love what the Cosby show represented to me as a child growing up and separate that from the monster that Bill Cosby was. Unless you, unless you intersect it, unless you're about to tell me that that if, because Rudy's not talking about that. If you told me Rudy started saying some stuff, I think I couldn't separate it. But I think, I just, it's, a cop, I, I think it's a cop out. No, I'm not Felicia Rashad here denying that, that it happened. What yeah. I'm saying is, is that show meant so much to me yeah. that I, you're not going to take the show in itself and the characters. They're playing characters. The right. characters that they played and the family dynamic that they represented, you're not going to take that away from me. Yeah, he 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 invented a character for himself, and the character he invented was of a man who examines women women in his basement of his house. And so the reality is that, and by the way, the girls, one of the girls that was that, such a little part of the show, by the way, like well, one of the girls that that talked about the fact he used the Cosby Show, he used that show to take advantage of these women. One one of the I women believe it was had a part on the show. She's on the show. I believe it. But that's the power dynamic. That's the power dynamic. But what I'm saying is. He uses power and his title to take advantage of these women. But it's all tainted. It's part of it. It's like we have, if we're going to do this thing, we got to, if we're going to do this uh -uh. thing, Rachel, we got to do this thing, man. Did it happen during filming? Like, that is, that is such a small part of the show. Like how many times did you see Cliff, Cliff Huxtable in the basement or at the hospital, because a lot of times you saw him at the hospital. He so one of the women, Rachel, and I didn't mean to cut you off. Just just no, so you know, it's okay. one of the women, he used the fact that he was going to write her into an episode of the Cosby Show, of course, to lure her in. He assaulted her 
and then gave her the job anyway. She's on the Cosby show. She took the job, felt like she couldn't say no to it. She's on there and she talks about that, all of that stuff. We That's have a to power talk. dynamic. That's we have not to the talk show. about Cosby. He used his it's power. It's the Cosby he show. Used the, no, he the used power the Bill of the Cosby, Cosby show. name. No, he used the Bill Cosby name. I'm sorry. See? I'm going to separate. I'm not making, I am not watering down what Bill Cosby did. That man is a monster and it's disgusting. But I still have to hold that show. I still hold that show in high regard. Call me controversial if you want. I'm sorry. Look, I now, let me tell you me. something. You can hold the show in high regard because the show is just a good show. But you don't. My thing is this. You still got a different world. You can have a different world. Different world is actually better than the Cosby show. It depends how you. It depends what you're looking for. Ah, two different types on, of shows. It don't depend on. It's, it's two totally different types of shows. It depends what you're looking for. Better. You're getting a family the dynamic from a college dynamic. I get it. Right. When yeah. Rudy There's came to visit Denise, oh, when Rudy came to visit Denise, it was one of my favorite episodes. I yeah. was Rudy. You were Rudy growing up. I felt like I was well, a little Denise and a little Rudy. I would none of them niggas. Well, this is what I'm saying about representation. We talked about this Thea and Cosby. You know, you know who I, I was Michael from Good Times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's who I was. But nah, seriously, you should watch it. You should watch it. At least, at least I, right look, now, I'm not in a, I, I'm not in a mental state to be able to take I, that in. I, understand. I will wait. I, I understand. Wait. I understand. Okay, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Guys, we uh, we covered here on Higher Learning the interview between uh, Ari Lennox and South African podcaster Mac G that Ari Lennox said went off the rails and caused so much discussion on social media last week. Something amazing happened when I went to my DMs. I saw some correspondence from this guy who is actually a huge, huge, huge podcaster down there uh, in his home country of South Africa. Mac G himself reached out and we were able to put this together to get his take on what happened between him and Ari Lennox. Now, of course, you guys have heard the name. The name of the podcast is Podcast and Chill. He is also... Uh, at a staple at Johannesburg's number one hit music station, 94, nine, nine, is it 94, seven, 94, seven. 
Yeah, 94.7, yeah. 94.7, where he hosts weeknights, 10 to 1. And a dance show on Saturday, they're working this guy a lot. But we want to talk to him about his thoughts uh, on the fallout from the Ari Lennox thing. Mac G coming all the way in from South Africa, our home. Mac G, how you doing, brother? I'm getting you, Van. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, okay. I'm glad Yeah, decided to hit me up, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Rachel's got the first question. Uh, Rachel, take it away. I mean, obviously, Mac G, I'm just going to start with the obvious question. Is someone fucking you good right now? <laughs> Touche. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I mean, are you going to answer? Is it too soon? You going to answer? No, was that too much? What I, was it too no. much? Was it too much of a question? No, someone is fucking me real good right now. good for you my question is okay i'm not gonna ask you whether or not you feel like you had the right to ask ari lennox that question i'm not gonna ask that because it seems from what i've read on you clearly you felt like you were well within your rights seeing as it happened do you want to take the time in any way to apologize to ari lennox because of the fact that the question bothered her so much, it made her feel so uncomfortable. Now you know exactly how it made her feel. Do you feel like you owe her an apology? Definitely, hundred percent, man. I think, um, and in the beginning, I didn't see anything wrong uh, with what I said, but after watching, uh, you know, your podcast uh, last week with Rachel, and um, uh, watching Charlemagne's uh, Breakfast Club and, and the comments that they were saying about this whole thing, I actually sat back. I'm like, you know what? Actually, they're onto something, especially Rachel, because I think for me, I was looking in terms of uh, if it's in a lyric, then, you know, I can ask whatever it is, you know, uh, nothing's off limits. But I think what I learned from this is that it's not about what you're asking, it's how you ask it, you know? Because uh, I, 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 as someone who prides themselves in, in, in my craft and, and my podcast, like, uh, I do a lot of extensive research before I do any interviews. And for that one, it was very weird, man. Like I got a call from uh, her label and they're like, yo, I want to do this um, um, interview with Ari Lennox. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know who she was. Uh, the only time I heard of her was when she did a track with uh, Nasty C, who's a South African um, hip hop artist, right? So that's the only time I heard of her. So I didn't really know much about her. And I literally had like a, an hour to do research on Ari Lennox. So I went on my laptop, went on Google, uh, YouTube, and the first thing I see is a tiny desk uh, uh, performance. So when I watched that, uh, she's performing a song where she's talking about, I'll fuck you good, I'll fuck you good, I forgot the name of the song. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is dope. Here's a, here's a, here's a female artist who's very, sounds very sexually liberated. And, and if you watch my podcast, like we always delve into sex and sex questions. And obviously not that raw, uh, the, the, there's a bit more tech that goes into the questions. Um, but there, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess, you know, we can just go cold turkey on this. And that's what I did. Uh, and then after the interview, um, she asked for some some stuff to be removed, uh, which I did remove. So when she was tweeting and saying that, you know, I didn't remove any of the stuff that she asked for, I found that very disingenuous because we did. And, you know, I think, if uh, we were to upload some of the stuff that we did remove, then she'd probably like, you know, I don't know, maybe cry real tears. Cause like, I found it very disingenuous of her to say that we didn't remove 
those things because we sent to the, the the her and the team the the um the episode and they approved it and then we uploaded it. Mm. Mac, I, I just want to follow up real quick. You, you you sure you're not American? You did a good job of apologizing to her and then kicking her back in in the same <laughs> answer right there. That was very suave. I can't I, I can't I can't let you get away with that though. She says that she says that she asked for some stuff to be removed. Did they tell you specifically what they wanted removed? Or did she yeah. say that she wants some stuff removed and then assume that you will remove because obviously she felt she was obviously blindsided. She's right. Ari, Ari is not going to make that up. She was obviously blindsided when that interview came out. Yeah. No, they told me exactly what to remove and we did remove that. So that's what I'm saying. Like there's stuff that we removed that if we're go up right now, like it'd be even uh, uh, cause more chaos. Right. Cause that's what we do with everybody that we interview. Uh, we give them the right of, uh, okay, cool. What do you want to be removed? Cause we're not trying to portray anyone in any certain light or blindside, like you say, you know what I mean? So with any, everybody that we interview, uh, 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 um, we give them the right to watch the episode and whatever they want removed, we always remove it. I mean, there's a politician I interviewed uh, last week and uh, his episode is going up this Thursday and he's asked for um, to watch the episode before it goes up. And we, we, we sent the, the, the episode to him and he's going to tell us, he's going to come back and tell us what to remove and we'll remove it. Because that's that's what we do. We've done that part of the podcast and we stay doing that. Uh, Mac G, I'm a why person. Why? Why did you, because you even said that you, you, you obviously ta- uh, tackle the topic of sex on your podcast quite <laughs> often. I mean, it is called Podcast and Chill. You know, there is an innuendo there. But you yeah. said you typically aren't that raw. Why with her? Yeah. And then additional, so I guess that's the first part. And then like seeing her being completely taken aback by that question, you kind of pushed through and kept going. Like, you know, like as a podcaster, we pick up yeah. on like the clues and stuff. So I, I, I'm just a little curious as to why, and then, then the fact that you kept going. Yeah, like, like I said, like I when I heard uh, that song where she's like is freely talking about sex, I was like, okay, cool. I guess we can go there, you know. And and what I say is that normally I wouldn't say uh, who's fucking you good right now. I'd probably say like um, uh, who's servicing you right now, or like you know. Uh, you know, like find smart ways of how to ask the question without being so um, uh, disrespective. You know what I mean? Um, and then the, the reason why I kept going, I thought like when I saw the video, I saw a reaction. I thought she forgot about that song and she forgot that she mentioned that. And then when she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I, sh- I did mention that. I thought it was cool, you know. And also, like normally we do sit downs with uh, celebrities face to face. It's never like virtual. So with virtual, it's very hard to pick up the vibes of what the person uh, might be feeling, you know. And I think if we're doing the episode live, I would have picked up on that and I probably would have just moved right along and not even continue, you know. Because if you check the interview, I still uh, continue to ask it like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying, you know, because I couldn't really uh, pick up what vibe she had going on and I thought it wasn't so, so much of a big deal. Hence why when they said we must remove some of the stuff, uh, we never took that part out because no one told us to and would have gladly. Mm. What's my so, vibe right now? Yeah, what's Rachel's vibe? I can't even tell. I think uh, <laughs> Rachel <laughs> looks like I bite my head off. Bro. I know I'm not a favorite person right now. <laughs> That's for so, sure. 
So, <laughs> like, let me tell you what the issue is here, Mac G. Yeah. Is we have a whole lot of black men out there, right? A whole lot of black men right there. What we're trying to do is foster a culture where yeah. we as black yeah. men understand how to appreciate, how to make space for, and how to grant safety to the women that we share our communities with and our world community with, right? Well, I got to call you out about something, man. Yeah. I got to call you out about the fact that you apologized to Ari. But then at the same time, you said that it was disingenuous what she was doing. I felt, th- let me tell you why I'm calling you out right now, brother, with love, with love. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'm calling you out because if you wanted to, to apologize to her sincerely for that question, making her feel bad, because to be honest with you, the reality is sometimes you got to apologize for shit you ain't even mean to do, right? That's a real sure. thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you apologize for shit you ain't even mean to do. You, we all got to do that. Sure. Yeah. But to apologize and then to come back and on the end of it, talk about the fact that you felt like she was capping a little bit and being a little bit disingenuous. It depowers your apology a little bit. Like we can talk about what 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 you feel like Ari and her team did. That's very fair, and that we have a podcast where all the ideas we're not afraid to run from any of them. But you saw what she went through on Twitter. You saw that she was embarrassed. That's one of our sisters. If you had Mm. to say something to her right now to make her feel better about the fact that she had an interaction with you that was unpleasant for her, like, what would you say? Look, but I'd say to her that I want to sincerely apologize um, uh, for that question and how it made her feel. And the aftermath of everything like that, uh, everything that came after that, that that interview dropped. Because to be honest with you, I, if you watch my podcast, I'm not a malicious person. I don't hate yeah. anyone. I yeah. don't hate women. Our podcast is very inclusive. I mean, I, I've got a network where we have um, a, a, a woman podcast, you know. It's a podcast mm-hmm. for women, by women, uh, which lives under my network because we want to push that narrative of women having their own voice. And I mean, I was raised by a single mother so i have the utmost respect for women and i I would like to genuinely apologize to ari and any other uh uh, woman out there i might have offended with those comments you know because that's not what i'm about you know uh but you know with 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 how things are right now where people can just take small clips and and post it on social media to um to push their narrative, you know, I felt it's important to come on a platform like this and apologize to whoever might have been offended, especially Ari Lennox. Listen, I appreciate that. I mean, it, you know, you didn't have to apologize. You could have stood your ground. Um, you're right. We saw a portion of the podcast, not the whole thing. It's not my apology. Great to interview. Accept. I watched yeah. the whole thing. Great, great interview. She's a it's, great interviewer. They seem like they were going back and forth. Cool. Like, like it, it, it was very, very fun to watch. I've watched several episodes of his podcast. I fuck with it. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? It's, I it's, hope it's good Ari stuff. hears yeah. your apology. I really do. And you're right. You're not malicious in anything that you try to do. Um, I thought. I wondered. You know what else? You obviously heard our reaction, but what else has? What other response have you gotten? I know. You know, Charlemagne said that he doesn't want to cancel he wants to counsel i'm curious if he reached out to you or if any other people reached out to you just about like the situation and how to move forward or even even a support to keep your head up because i'm sure they were after you i mean I, i'm pretty sure i was after you on the podcast so <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh Charlemagne 
reached out to me, he sent me a DM, uh, and he he, uh, he was sharing the same sentiments that you just alluded to now of wanting to counsel me and help me because he said that, you know, he made some mistakes. He's been in my shoes before when he was younger, and he doesn't want me to go past, uh, to go through the same road, you know, which I really appreciate because, um, you know, when, when, when you don't want to be malicious or, uh, uh, um, uh, um, you know, cause conflict with anybody, um, it, it's, it's, it's very crucial that you can get mentors like a Van Layden or um, Charlemagne, uh, you know, especially guys in the same space, you know, um, that can help you and, and make you a greater broadcaster. Because at the end of the day, that's what I strive for each and every day. And for me, it was a learning curve. And, you know, I hope it was a learning curve for other people as well, other podcasters that are coming that are watching, because uh, I think it's important. You know, I, I share every sentiment that everybody's been saying, like, we got to protect our queens. we got to love them. we got to embrace them. we got to show them. Work. That's why we have female on the network. And we're the only ones doing that, you know. It's just that sometimes things are twisted in a way that uh, can make garden, but we live and we learn, you know. And to be honest with you, you know, that's the whole point of it. The whole point of it is we ain't perfect. We, we, you know, people, things happen. You, you atone, you say what you got to say. you like, you move on, you do better. And that's something else. Another reason why I'm glad we're talking is as I saw on the internet, South Africa loves you, bro. South Africa loves you so much. And this kind of turned into a South Africa versus United States thing. <laughs> And I haven't been down there yet. You know what I mean? I haven't been down there yet to chill and to kick it with my real people. Well, actually, I'm Nigerian. You know, I'm actually Nigerian, but I haven't I haven't been down there to kick it with my with my real people yet. And I saw this talking about I saw people going, the Americans better leave Mac G alone. The <laughs> Americans have their own problems. And I'm like, oh shit, we was all black just a couple of days ago <laughs> and now we the americans i'm like wow we got ari's back they got mac g's back <laughs> it was it was it was crazy so it's all love right now we still love south africa we love you and we're hoping that we've been able to put this whole thing behind us man because you really do a good job on 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 the podcast and i thought that for the most part even the interview with her was 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 pretty dope so um hopefully you and her will be able to get in contact is that something that you're looking to do would you want to actually be able to speak with ari lennox again and and maybe you and her personally uh can 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 get past this has there been any attempt for you to reach out to her has there been any attempt for her to reach out to you is there any possibility that you guys will get back together uh and maybe do something else and maybe you guys could actually talk about this yeah definitely i'd love that man i'd love that because i mean Ari lennox is my sister you know uh yeah. i grew fun especially after the interview we actually did that interview last year and since i did the interview i've been bumping in music i didn't know her like i said until the interview and then after that i got into music and i've been bumping it ever since she's my sister man i love it to bits uh, unfortunately they haven't reached out neither have i because uh, like i said it was through their uh, label i think university a producer and then we made that happen uh but i'd love to to, to have a sit down with or maybe you know um do a space or uh instagram live or whatever the case may be you know yeah mac g i mean it is not easy you don't know us like that to come to higher learning 
to, to, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't know how we were going to approach you. You obviously heard how we talked about the situation on the podcast. We appreciate you for that. I just want to know, like Van said, he's never been to South Africa. I've never been to South Africa. Can we podcast and chill in South Africa? Like, where's our invite? When, like, when's the best time of year to come? We're there. <laughs> you got to come through, man. You know, you guys don't understand. We have so much love for you, man. Because uh, most of us, uh, I speak for like 90% of the young people in SA. We all grew up uh, listening to uh, uh, um, uh, hip hop, uh, watching American movies, American influence, you know. Remember last time I got laid in, I was watching the Kanye West thing uh, where he was having a meltdown and, uh, at TMZ <laughs> and Van, Van Layden. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was watching this, I'm like, fuck, I wish I could speak like this guy because he's saying everything that was in my head, you know. And ever since that, I found new respect for him. I just recently watched the academics interview you did uh-huh. the other day where you were calling out academics. I'm like, okay, this is the nigga that calls out people. All right, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and yet he still came on our podcast. You know, so, yeah. still came on. <laughs> so much- Maggie, very happy that you came on the podcast. Um, I'm hope whatever issues that you you know you, you you guys have between the two teams, you guys can work them out because it's the most important thing is that everybody knows that we're all good souls that want the best for one another. Um, and you know what, bro? You know, when I come to South Africa, when Charlemagne and them went down there and they was playing with tigers and shit, that's not my, that's not the South Africa I want. <laughs> when I come down to South Africa, I want to get all those beautiful pictures that everybody got, hang out and all of that stuff. I'm not going to be, I don't want to go on those safaris and shit like that. I want to actually <laughs> chill when I come down there. But man, I, I, I appreciate you for coming to have the conversation seriously. Yeah. Cause the most important thing is whether we wrong or right in the beginning is that we can always know better so we can try to do better. And I think that right. you're doing that. And so I, I appreciate everything that you that you just kicked it with us with, brother. Talk to us about man. Thank you, man. And please uh tell Joe Butter I'm not a shock jock dog. I'm a broadcaster. I've been t- longer than him, bro. I doubt him. I'm not down with him. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on for a second. Joe has some smoke for you. Yeah. Man, he called me a shock jock dog. And I've been broadcasting. I, I, did, I started on radio like, I did radio for about 20 years. And then the station that you mentioned, uh, 94.7, I don't work there anymore. They fired me. And then that's when I started my own podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm a broadcaster by nature. And then I just fell, uh, fell in love with podcasting, you know? Right. Let them know. Let them know. Yeah. I, I want to say this too, Mac G. South Africa has a huge bachelor population. I can't tell you how many people hit me up about the bachelor and the bachelorette and y'all have y'all's own. You know what I'm talking about? Like so many, it's a huge after United States and Canada, it's South Africa. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah. And my woman loves it. She was actually telling me that you were the fa- uh, first bachelorette, I believe. Black. Yeah. First black mm-hmm. bachelorette. Yeah. 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 That's my good. Yeah, oh would you would you like to ask Rachel about her time in the fantasy suite, or are we going back down the wrong the wrong? Hey, someone was <laughs> fucking me good, Mac G, in the fantasy wow. suite. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, that's enough. I married him. I married him. I oh, married him. Wow. I didn't want to know I that. Him. I was just chilling with the guy yesterday. I married him. Thank you for coming on the show, man. I'm I'm, I'm gonna reach out to you, and I want to come on your podcast literally within the the next couple of weeks. I want to come kick it with y'all, man. So we really appreciate you coming on. Seriously. Bro. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Ben. Really appreciate it, man. All the best. God bless. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. 
I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Uh, okay. By the way, I don't know. Did I tell you I think I have a concussion? Van, how? How? Bo boxing. I'm Wait, all shit. You got knocked out? I got, I got fucking, I got. I took a big, big shot on Saturday okay. morning. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, but was this like a Nate Robinson knockout? No, was I didn't this, get knocked out. Um, I've never been knocked out. But the okay. shot is one of those. So so you get, so there's, it's only happened to me a couple of times. You get hit and then your ears ring. Oh. And for a second, like you get hit in your ear ring for a second. You're like, eh. and, like and, and then like, and for me, to see the crazy part about my ass is that that gets me into the fight. But then later on that night, I had a real bad headache. It's coming gone yesterday, and now it's kind of still there when I move around some different areas. Yes, I got a headache. Well, see, like here's my confusion. I thought you were just working out. Why are you no. in there getting injured? I thought this was like a workout. We're starting our cardio. We're you know we're training for the yeah. workout. Yeah. You're in there preparing for a fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting in the ring this year. Who's next? I'm getting in the ring this year. With who? I don't know. We you got, trying we to be in one of these? You trying to be in one of these? We got a couple uh, of things we're working on, baby. Uh, all right. I'm not going to support it. I just yes, want to be on record saying that. I'm not coming. Yes, I'm not are. supporting. I'm not. Yes, you are. So the Republicans are trying to get affirmative action out of here. And, of course, if you get affirmative action out of here, who is it going to affect? Blacks and Latinos. Uh, the Supreme Court stated they would hear two cases opposing race-conscious admissions at the University of North Carolina and Harvard University. However, experts say that Black and Latino students would be harmed at disproportionate rates if the Supreme Court ruled in favor of reversing its policy on affirmative action programs in the United States. Rachel, how do you feel about rolling back affirmative action? How do you feel about us feeling like we're in a point in America where the disparities are gone and we don't need to look out for students of color. <laughs> we live in an America where the disparities are gone and we don't need to look out That's what for they people say. of color. It's comical. Just sit back and look at what's happening in our country right now. They are literally trying to eliminate the stories and the history for Black people. They're eliminating the discussion of anybody who is different from being walking the straight white line. 
So you want to get rid of affirmative action, which obviously is designed to eliminate or eliminate discrimination among, you know, applicants or whatever it may be, whether it's a job, whether it's school, you know, to, I guess, remedy prior discrimination and prevent future discrimination. So you want to get rid of it. So my question is, why would I have faith in a system and believe that they would be equal in admitting diverse uh, students when I'm watching what's happening in this country where racism is alive and well and everything that you're doing, whether it's a bill in place, whether it's, you know, well, I should say whether it's bills in place that are eliminating certain things and that are trying to keep your white power and your whiteness intact. All of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe that we need to eliminate affirmative action because we live in a country where we're all about everybody and everybody being equal and on the same page. It just doesn't make any sense. And I, I just I just think it's wild that after the racial awakening we had and everything that we saw come out in 2020, all that shows me is what's happening right now and the elimination of affirmative action in banning books out of libraries and proposing bills that allow certain teachings to be eliminated in the school system where they don't even exist already. That is a direct response to people being aware and recognizing these institution or institutional racism and systemic racism in this country, what's happening in 2022 is a direct response to that. So affirmative action isn't being, you know, brought in front of the Supreme Court because we're all racism doesn't exist and we're all the same. It's there to keep intact what could possibly be eliminated because people are now more, not saying it is. But people are just now more aware of what is going on and what has existed in the con- this country since its existence. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to make it. And by we, you mean who? This, this, the American society is presently constituted. We're not going to make it. So America has been like a uh, like a dysfunctional marriage forever, right? An abusive one. It's worked because people have there have been enough people on both sides to try to trudge through that relationship and push through that marriage in the hopes that one day they could get to some happiness that they promised themselves earlier when they got together. You know, I've done wrong things to you, uh, but one day we're going to get to a point to where we understand that we're better together. We're going to move forward and have all of this great stuff. The goal of the modern right. And we had Tamika Hamilton on. We'll we'll do a little cleanup about our interview with Tamika Hamilton in a second. The goal of the modern right is to minimize American blackness. It's to erase American blackness. It's to make sure that in places where you desperately need black people that there aren't any. And the, the black people that you have in those places have a warped view of the actual history of the country. See... Uh, America needs one of two things, one or two things, one thing or both things, whatever. America needs either weak niggas or no niggas. That's how they would like it. So they either want weak niggas or no niggas. That's the way it goes in America. Anything else, the strong, they can't really do anything with that unless they rapping about how 
they fuck over other black people and then they're cool with that but they they need weak niggas or they need no niggas and all of this stuff that we're talking about all of this stuff not even right now they're just saying the quiet part loud now but they've always done this so the way to make us weaker we're weaker if we don't know what's going on in the country we're weaker if we don't know if you have less information than somebody else who has all the information and i want you to have it of course you're weaker than them and then you're playing on their on their um on their field also with this if you keep black people out of spots like you know harvard north carolina whatever uh then you're going to see kids that come from places that don't have the structures in place to make sure that they get to uh, institutes of higher learning, that you're going to see people come from school districts that are undervalued, uh, underfunded, um, and not really taken care of as much. You're not going to see as many kids rise to that situation and the gap is going to close slower. So they either make you stupider or they remove you. And it, it used to be that they did this uh, very covertly, almost so it felt like they weren't doing it at all. But what Trump has allowed them to do is just do it very loudly. Go, hey, we don't want you guys around. And if we do want you around, we don't want you to know what you should know. Um, and so uh, the question becomes, how do you beat that? And th the answer is you can't beat it. You have to kill it. And it's just hard to have conversations and have like have good faith dialogue with Ideas that you know you have to kill. That's the that's the thing that is really standing in the way. We talked to Tamika Hamilton last last week. She seemed like a very decent human being for all intents and purposes, right? Her ideas have to die. They can't be augmented. They're just wrong. Like they have to die. Like they don't work for black people. And it's like, <laughs> it's, you want to reach across the aisle, right? But you don't want to reach across the aisle and put your hand in a volcano. If there was something that wasn't going to burn your hand off across the aisle, it would be cool. So, like, it's not about talking to people. You have to change them or kill their ideas, either change their ideas or kill them. And... I just don't see how we get out of it. Like all of this stuff, the Supreme Court is hearing this stuff. The Supreme Court is swinging their shillelagh around. They played it cool for a little while. Okay, we're not going to get involved in the election, blah, 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 blah. But now what they're basically doing is saying, hey, 6-3, baby. We're coming after everything. Full force. Yeah. It's tough. How'd you feel about Tamika last week? I... <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I, I I, was stuck in a place of trying to be respectful to the fact that we invited a guest to our podcast. Nice lady. But, but and, and, and right, and she was extremely nice. She was a nice person. Yeah. She was a terrible politician. I walked away not understanding where she stood. On, I knew she stood on the wrong side of us, but I didn't, she wasn't, I didn't understand her platform, her other than if she was talking in regards to her husband as a police officer, that I understood. I understood her passion about homelessness in regards to veterans. I understood that. But there was just so much missing from her and so much 
not even misinformation, just lack of knowledge. And you are running to be a part of the United States Congress. How are you not watching and paying attention to the particularities of what is happening in Congress to a, a, a body you want to be a part of? That it just, she just seemed to be, sorry for lack of better words, clueless on what is happening to a, 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 a group she wants to be a part of. And I think that was troubling. I think that, you know, there were certain times we could have pushed back on things when she talked about teachers who were teaching this, you know, misinformation. And it's like, where was the proof, Tamika? Like, where's the proof that that is actually happening? Are you just spewing Republican rhetoric because you heard the higher ups uh, in the party say this stuff? So I just, I just, um, I, I like, she's a nice person. And I think that that's what's hard. But like, just to be honest, like it was it like I she was she's awful. Yeah, in like, regards to the politics, I like her as a person. She's nice. She's nice. She's yeah. nice. Would you ever watch like a football game with her and her husband? Well, you wouldn't invite them both to dinner. So, so I guess so the football saying, game we wouldn't be watching is at your house. Let me say, maybe maybe we could. But like the thing is, it's like I like people to be able to say wavelength. And when the game starts and like the national anthem comes and then they put up and they stand up and put their hands over their hearts, my, the homies going to look at them like, you know, what's up with y'all? But after that, we could be cool. <laughs> You know, did you. we even watch the national anthem? <laughs> oh, Brandy said we, we talked about that, but then we started a conversation about Brandy and Ray J. Like we we were so not paying attention yeah. to how she do. Do we even know? I don't even know how she's saying. Brandy has a beautiful voice. That's not what I said. How does she do with the national anthem? Because we got great. distracted. It's Brandy. She did great. Brandy has an amazing voice. I mean, uh, I'm the one who obviously values Brandy way more on this podcast than you do. So yeah, whatever. You don't know her songs. Um, uh, so look, white people are at it again. So Willie Mammoth, de-extinction scientist reveals plan to create Arctic elephant. There's a movie about this. There's a movie out there called Mammoth. Nope. And they, and they, they filmed nope. half of the movie in Baton Rouge. It's called Mammoth. It's about a woolly mammoth that they figure in the woolly mammoth. Cause this is what happens. You make Why the woolly mammoth. Well, you can film movies. There's a tax credit down there. So look, scientists who plans to bring back the woolly mammoth, or at least its genes, back from an extinct, extinct, back from extinction, has revealed details about creating an Arctic elephant. Mammoths mostly died out around ten thousand years ago. Well-preserved samples of these extinct giants have since been found in the Arctic permafrost. Permafrost, should I say? Allowing researchers to get a glimpse of their DNA sequence. It's a fucking bad idea. We're trying to de-extinct genes. This guy told HMN News, the field has actually already done this with two genes that confer cold-resistant properties to organisms. Listen to this. I don't understand anything. The field has already developed, (laughs) already done this with two genes that confer cold-resistant properties to organisms. They about to make some niggas that don't get cold. They about to make <laughs> all of these people into hoes because we know they don't get cold. Um, wow. You ever been on the stroll? On the, the blade in your city? The girls be out there doing their thing, whatever the temperature is. Shout out to them. If we legalized it, they would, they could be doing it for the privacy of their own homes and hanging out and doing whatever. But you know we want to be all prudish and shit. Um, but the idea is to safely introduce these and other genes into present day elephants so the elephants can comfortably live 
and restore Arctic environments. Now, I'm all for the elephant. I think the elephant is a fantastic animal. I don't believe them that they're just trying to make these elephants not get cold. There you go right there. There's the elephant that you have. I think white people want to bring back woolly mammoth. Why? Because that's what they do. White people do everything except what they're supposed to be doing. Now that I'm going to go ahead and agree with. They that do, was my thought when I read this. You know what I'm saying? They do everything. Why don't you bring back Dr. King? How about that? <laughs> like, you Lisa, know, let him rest in peace. Like, no. like bring, bring back Dr. King. Clone him. That's what we need. Clone W.E.B. Du Bois. Clone, clone some of them. Clone I wouldn't Maya trust Angelou. Him. Bring Maya Angelou back. That would, that would be him. crazy, right? Like they clone Maya Angelou. They bring Maya Angelou back. Rest in peace to our sister. And all of a sudden, Maya Angelou is like wearing the Make America Great Again hat. Like, See what I'm saying? True. Like it would be like the evil twin. No, I wouldn't trust it. Like let, let's stop. But this woolly mammoth situation, somebody going to get fucked up. I guarantee you somebody's going to get fucked up. The woolly mammoth is coming back on Earth, Rachel, and he's going to get here and he's like, what the fuck is that building? Doesn't he live in the Arctic? The woolly mammoth? Yeah. The woolly mammoth lived all over. He lived during the Ice Age. So right, let's see. where it's cold. So he's only going to be in like like cold, super cold areas. He's not going to look at a building and he's not going to, that's not where he thrives. I mean, he, Antarctica. Let me tell you something about up the Up there let's, in Finland. Let's look up the woolly mammoth real quick. Let's see where he lived. Woolly mammoth. His name is Mammothus <laughs> Mammothus Primogenius. He's an elephant. Uh, East Asia. That the Colombian. There was a Colombian mammoth. Okay. There was Siberian. Uh, Siberia, Alaska, to your point. So, yeah. So, maybe he's not going to see very many. But look. It, 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 I don't want him to come back. How about that? I think this is a waste of fucking time. Well, I think, that I couldn't agree with you more. Like, <laughs> why, if it, why are we wasting our time on this? Now wait, What's now the wait, purpose? Now wait. If they're saying... So there's one way that this could be cool. If they're saying they're going to bring back elephants that can survive in the cold and then they're going to take some of the elephants that we have now and put them in Arctic environments, then maybe that would make it too cold for people to go up there and poach the elephants and kill up the elephants. But I don't know if that's true. If there's nothing that rich Americans like doing more than fucking over Africa, go over there, have a safari, tease a tiger, aggravate a fucking zebra. That's what the that's what they like to do. And if you put if you put fucking elephants where it's cold, they're gonna put on a North Face. And they're going to go to wherever these elephants are and they're going to aggravate and get on these elephants' asses. I don't know why we're trying to bring back shit. Bring back some other shit. Like, I want to... If they can de-extinct stuff, we should be able to make the decision. Okay. And what other than historical figures that you admire, who else would you want to bring back? I don't or what know. what else? I don't know. But it's a lot of shit that I feel like we should be able to vote on what they de-extinct. That's the okay. thing. We should be able to vote. If they're going to put all of this, because all they're going to do, you know, this is, look, I'm telling you, man, it's some old white dude with a cane 
with a mosquito in the goddamn thing somewhere. You know it, what? It, it, I'm telling you, there's some dude is now, behind this. Now this is the, a movie reference. I understand. I'm telling you, there's like there's like there's they want Jurassic Park. That's what they want. Rachel, Billy, <laughs> thought warriors out there, <laughs> like like thought warriors out there. Be honest, they want Jurassic Park. This is the beginnings of it. This is all the rules. You're going to be walking out of your house one day and it's going to be a wild velociraptor talking to Bozeman. And Bozeman is a dog. He can't handle a velociraptor. I don't want him to have to fight that off. This is going down a bad path. I'm telling you guys, it's not right. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to deny it. You start small. People say, oh, that's harmless. That's just a woolly mammoth. He's going to be in cold climates. He's not even going to be anywhere near us. I get it. I get what you're saying, especially. And all this is reminding me because one of the things we detoured in watching the game was that Komodo dragon. The Komodo dragon. Which is just, it's very dinosaur-y. Think about if there was some Komodo dragons like, it's just gonna be so funny, like when we're older, and like our kids and grandkids are like going to the dinosaur park, and I'm gonna be sitting there, like laying in a tank of fluid water, you know, keeping me going and stuff like that. I'm gonna sit there and be like, okay, take your motherfucking ass to that dinosaur park. It's gonna go bad. It's gonna go bad. You guys go to that dinosaur park. We've been down here, and it's gonna be so many assurances, right? The Democrats are gonna tell you it's okay, because the Democrat, this is what the Democrats do. The Democrats tell you that the dinosaur park is okay until the dinosaurs fuck up. And then they run again and tell you that they have a plan for the dinosaurs. And then you elect them again. And then the dinosaurs like, like start running around and the Democrats go, we don't have the votes. You sound like you could be describing both sides. I just want you to be honest with me. Uh, be honest the Republicans with me. are evil. The Democrats are inept. It's just different. They're different. They're like the Republicans are evil, the Democrats are inept. It's just different. Okay, man's very serious question of the week. What you uh, got? I want you to rank these three people in terms of singing: Whitney Houston, uh, Mariah Carey, Aretha Franklin. One, two, and three. Go. Ooh. Okay. Mariah, Whitney, Aretha. Give me a one, a two, a three. Is that your order? No, I tell you what my so order is. So I, I. I- my the way I'm making this decision is not just solely based on voice or songs or number one hits. It's legacy. It's history. It's who created a path. Who created a path. So I'm going Aretha one, mm-hmm. Whitney two, right. Mariah three. Okay. So we both have Mariah at three, which is blasphemous because she's has an amazing voice and has all but the But look hits. at who she's in the presence of. You know what I mean? I honestly think Mariah might put herself third in this 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 grouping. This is my grouping. Whitney one, Aretha two, Mariah three. No one sings better than Whitney Houston and Luther Vandross. No one. Uh, okay. It's not about singing better because obviously Aretha was like an auntie to Whitney. Aretha did so much before 25. It's amazing. Aretha it's also played an instrument. Whitney never did. The fuck that got to do with anything? Because she was writing and creating music. That's and so there's so I'm like I'm putting it I'm putting it all together. Like I'm just putting it. I I said it's not just about voice to me, but there is something about Whitney too. There's something about Aretha when I hear her, I melt. She can sing five words, and I'm like, oh, that's Aretha. 
Yeah. Mm, I just, I, I'm a big Aretha fan. So, Aretha, Whitney, Mariah. Whitney, Aretha, Mariah. Right. Those are the three. We're going to do the male singers next week. The male singers are going to, I'm not going to announce them because people are going to do it. No, we'll do I don't want to know. Week. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. The male singers next week, but Whitney, it's Whitney, Aretha, Mariah. And I love Mariah Carey's voice, but of course, no one sings better than Whitney Houston. God rest the dead. No one sings better. No one sings better. Last thing I'll say before we go, uh, you know, obviously, Rach, we appreciate you being here and soldiering through the podcast today. We know that it's a tough time for you and a lot of your friends and a lot of people who knew uh, Chesley. And so I just want to make sure that I say to you guys right now that I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking about her family. I'm thinking about all her loved ones. I'm thinking about the people who are hurting right now. So uh, I love you and uh, I appreciate I appreciate that you did the podcast today. So take as much time as you need to kind of deal with things and figure things out, and um, you know try to find some joy somewhere. I know it's hard losing somebody. No, I appreciate you saying that, and I I love this. I love you, and I love our Thought Warrior community. And it has been a nice distraction to be able to come and talk and laugh and joke and just take myself away from what the current reality is at the moment. Um, all I want to say is, I, I don't even want to reiterate, you said it so beautifully about, you know, Chesley's family and friends and coworkers and everybody who's impacted, but just like love on people, you guys check on people, um, check on yourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. if there's an issue, you know, like don't be too prideful or ashamed or whatever feeling it may be. Seek help. People care about you. People love you. Um, and just, just, yeah, just, just do what you need to do to take care of yourself and don't, don't do it alone. It's, there's no shame in seeking help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, take the capsule, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye guys. God damn it. Always forgets to say bye. <laughs>